All right, so this week um, was an interesting week. Baruch Hashem, we've had a lockdown here in this country for quite a few days now, almost a month. So Baruch Hashem, the guys finally got out. So we had a lack of shirim due to it. But that being said, we didn't move on so much further in the Gemara. So today what I want to do is I want to finish up the drashos. And that next Gemara of Hauchamra, we're going to leave Emir Hashem till next week. But anyways, there's a lot to do here, and B'Siyat uh, HaShemayim, it should be good. So let's start from the Gemara of Rav Papa. So Rav Papa, we're back on Pei Dalad Ahmed Aleph. And so the Gemara says as follows. Rav Papa Mishmeda Rava Amar, Amar Krava Rapa Yerapi. Right? Rav Papa says, in the name of Rava, that the basis for the exemption is from the Pasuk of Rapa Yerapi. He says, certainly heal. So now, what's that teach us, Rapa Yerape? Litain Rafua Bamakam Nezek. It's coming to teach us a Chiddush that we pay Rafua, we pay for their healing, their medical bills, even though we pay the Nezek also. Visa Kadaitach Mamish asked the Gemara as follows. If you would think this was to be literal, that Ayn Tachas Ayn doesn't mean that you pay money, but rather it means that you pop his eye out. The same way that the nizik, the victim, needs to be healed, he needs medical attention. So too, the attacker also needs medical attention. And therefore, he shouldn't be liable to pay for the refuah. That's the Gemara's question. That's your Papa's proof, because if that was true, that he, if it was literal, they both would need medical attention, and therefore the attacker shouldn't have to pay for the victim's medical attention. Answers the Gemara, my kushya, why is that difficult? Maybe there's some people who heal quicker than others, and there's people who heal less quickly. Therefore, what's the practical difference on how quickly they heal? To give the value that exists between the two, meaning to say, to pay the vice differential. That would be the basic read. Now that's the translation of Rav Papa, and if we were to leave it there, Rav Papa would be a riddle. Because what, what's this original claim, what's Rav Papa's original proof? He says that if Ayin Tachas Ayin was literal, it means we take your eye out. So there, there what? The same way that the victim needs medical attention for his injuries, so too the attacker needs medical attention for his injuries. And therefore what? Therefore, if Papa is assuming that since the attacker, the attacker what? The attacker also needs medical, medical attention for his injuries, that would exempt him from paying for the victims. So now here is interesting. What's being assumed? What's being assumed is that we're giving here tit for tat, ayin takas So the same way the victim had his eye removed, so therefore what? Therefore we remove the attacker's eye. In the same way it was painful for the victim, so too when you remove the attacker's eye, it's going to be painful for that attacker. Fine, now we all can understand. Now comes along the Gemara and says as follows, if, if what? If I pay, if I, the attacker, have to pay for the victim's wound, so now what? The victim's going to have to pay for my wound? The victim's gonna. Why would the victim pay for my wound? Where's the? What's happening here? What's the tit for tat? Let's play it on the timeline to make this better, right? It's kimat rish chiddush odal. 
Listen, guys. Yeah, it's going to be on the Shredish Adar, Ruben attacks Shimon. Shimon loses an eye. So now, Shimon, right now, gets paid for Nezek and Sar and Ripoli. Obviously. Now, what happens? We take Ruben to court and we find him guilty. So now he needs. Nezek and Sar, we pop his eye out, and now he also needs Ripui. So who's paying that Ripui? So it sounds like from the Gemara that the same way that the victim needs to get medical attention, and therefore we make the attacker pay his bill, the simple read is that since the attacker needs medical attention, we make the victim pay his bill. That's, that's like, that can't be. That's erroneous. How could that be? Chas v'shalom. There's a, there's a terrorist attack. And the terrorist stabs a, a person. So now, if, the, if theoretically the halacha was we stab the terrorist back, the victim has to pay his medical bills. It's ridiculous. Obviously it's ridiculous. So now, if that's ridiculous, then what could it be saying? The answer is no. The answer is that really we want that it be tit for tat. We want it to be tit for tat. That's the end of the game. So now what? So now maybe there's a different way to approach it. The, the attacker attacks the victim. Reuben attacks Shimon. So Shimon goes through Nezek Tsar, he loses an eye. Now he needs medical attention, he needs Ripui. So now, says the Gemara, says her papa, if it was Mamish, so then we would give it tit for tat for Reuben. Reuben would get his eye popped out. He would get paid Nezek, he would get paid Sar. And now, inasmuch as Ruvain also needs medical attention, and Ruvain's fronting that bill, maybe that's also called tit for tat. So Ruvain pays for his own medical attention. And Shimon pays for his own medical attention. Everyone pays for their own medical attention. I, Shimon's the victim. The answer is the same way Shimon had to suffer through his physical pain and the physical loss of losing an eye. That was part and parcel of the attack. So two of the medical bills which come after the fact are also part and parcel of the attack. And that could be the assumption of the Gemara. So now that we that would be true, that means that Ruvin and Shimon are actually equal here. They're on equal footing. Both the attacker and the victim are losing an eye. That's Nezik. Both the attacker and the victim are going through the pain of losing the eye. That's Sar. And both the attacker and the victim are paying their own medical bill, which is called Ripui. So therefore, they're equal on unfoldings. That would be the way to read the question of the Gemara. And if that was true, that they're equal on unfoldings, how come the Gemara, the Torah, I'm sorry, has to say, Rappe, Rappe? It shouldn't have to say, Rappe, Rappe. Therefore, if Papa will tell you no, that's how we know that it's not literal. We don't say, Ayin Tachas Ayin is Mamish. We say, Ayin Tachas Ayin means that you pay money. Now, that would be the proof of Rav Papa. Now the Gemara says like this. The Gemara pushes the proof aside. My kushia, why is that difficult? Dilma ika desalik bisrehaya. Maybe there's some people who heal quickly. Vika de salik bisrehaya. And they don't some people that don't heal quickly. The Mainaf Kamina, what's the practical difference whether they heal quickly or not? And therefore, why do we have to say the Pasuk of Rapa Yirape? To pay the price differential. Meaning to say the simple read is that if Ruvain the, t- the attacker heals much more quickly than Shimon the victim, and Shimon the victim's 
medical bill is much more high than the medical bill of Reuven the attacker. So Reuven has to pay that difference. Now, that's the simple read. That read can't be. Why can't that read be? Because, again, what's the whole premise of our assumption here? The premise of our assumption is that we want Reuven the attacker and Shimon the victim to have tit for tat. They want them to be equal. So, let's say Shimon's medical bill, Shimon the victim's medical bill is $100, and Reuven's, the attacker's medical bill is $50. If he pays the price differential of $50, we don't have tit for tat. Because at the end of the day, Reuven the attacker lost 50, 100 bucks, and Shimon the victim lost 50 bucks. So what I would propose, if that was the question, if Papa's question was that we need tit for tat, so why do we need Rappa or Rappa? We have tit for tat built in. They both need medical attention. The answer to the Gemara is when it says the the baini baini when you give that which is the differential, it doesn't mean a differential meaning the whole fifty. It means you pay the differential to make them even Stephen. So here in our case, if Reuven the attacker's medical bill was fifty, and Shimon the attacker's the victim, I'm sorry, his medical bill was a hundred, so Reuven would give twenty five to Shimon, and they would both end up with a seventy five dollar loss. That's the answer of the Gemara. So at the end of the day, we wanted to prove from the fact that everyone gets the same, you know, the same snap on the wrist of Nezik, Tsar, and Ripui. Everyone needs all three of them. Therefore, everyone experiences all three of them. Therefore, there's no need to say Rapei, Rapei. And therefore, it's a proof that Ayin Tachas Ayin is Mamon. And so the Gemara, no, really, there could be people with different medical bills. And in order to create an equal footing in the medical bills, it could be that one is going to have to pay the other. The victim is the attacker. I'm sorry, is going to have to pay the victim. And when that's true, that could be what the pasuk of Rapa Yerafi is teaching me. That would be Rav Papa. Now, now that that's Rav Papa, the language of Papa says the the baini baini. Right? You give that which is a baini baini, the price differential. Now, when it came to tsar, right? Let's not forget last week's share. When it came to Tsar, the Gemara also said the Misiv Halihach de Beni Beni, right? Depending on how big of a uh, a pampered person you were, determined how much Tsar you get. So even though you experience the same thing, there might have to be compensation for Tsar. So there, it makes me wonder. The Gemara uses the same language, right? How do we explain it over there? Reuven and Shimon, Reuven the attacker and Shimon the victim. Shimon was a very pampered person, so he experienced 10 pain points. Ruvain was a rough, rough kind of guy, and when he chopped his arm off, he only experienced five pain points. So we make him, how we said it, we make him pay five, five pain points in order to go ahead and have the same experience of pain that Shimon did. Right? Except instead of physical pain, it was monetary pain. Fine. Now he's giving that pain to Shimon, that money to Shimon. When he gives that money, I could hear a svara of either way. I could hear a svara that he still gives five pain points. He pays for five pain points. He gives him the whole value. So even though at the end of the day, Ruvain is paying five to Shimon, and Shimon experienced ten, so you could think that's really only five, and it's not even Stephen, because it, that would end up with Ruvain having ten pain points, five physical and five monetary, and Shimon experienced ten but got five paid back, so therefore I could hear that that's not fair, so he only pays back two and a half. That would be a chiddish that would revert back into tsar from this. But no, I could hear that it's not true. That tsar is different, because tsar is something experienced, so even though you could pay someone, you could make someone pay money 
that uh, you know as a certain value for pain that was experienced in order to you know compensate and allay the pain that he experienced that's not considered a value payment so it still ends up that Shivman even if he got five the money of five pain points whatever that means so therefore it would still be that he experienced ten the money doesn't subtract the pain that he experienced it's not a compensation for it in a certain way it's an arbitrary payment like we've been speaking out up until now that's Rav Papa and the Chidushim which come out from Rav Papa's Chidush so now that we saw Rav Papa let's see Rav Ashi Rav Ashi Amar Asya Tachas Tachas Mishor Rav Ashi brings a Gezer Shava Tachas Tachas from Shor Ksiv Hocha Ayin Tachas Ayin it says in regards to Nizke Odom an eye for an eye Ksiv Hosam Shalim Yishalim Shor Tachas Ashor and there when it says in regards to an axe which gets attacked he says you shall certainly pay Ashor for Ashor so Malahalan Mamun, the same way Tachas in regards to Shor, it doesn't mean you give him the Shor back, it means you pay money for it. Afkan Mamun, so too Ayin Tachas Ayin means you pay money for the eye that you took away. Yes, the Gemara, my Chazas Diophis Tachas Tachas Mishor, how come you're deriving Ayin Tachas Ayin to be the Gzir Shava speaking to Shor? Nelev Tachas Tachas Mi'odom, you should derive it from a person. Dichsiv and Asata Nefesh Tachas Nofesh, you give a life for a life. Malahal and Mamesh, in the same way, Nefesh Tachas Nofesh. Is literal, it's capital punishment. Afkan mamish, so too, ayin tachas ayin, tachas should be literal, and therefore we should take the eye out. So, how come you're deriving from shore that mean tachas means mamun? You should derive from nefesh tachas nafesh to make it literal. Answers the Gemara, amri done in nezikin minazikin, mean done in nezikin mimisa. We derive the halachas of damages from damages, and we don't derive the halachas of damages from death. Yes, the Gemara, Adarabba, how could you say that's true? I'll bring you a proof the other way. Done in Adam Adam, we should derive the laws of person to the laws of people. A person, when a person kills someone else, there we have explicit. So when a person attacks someone else, why don't we derive from the laws of people that the din is that you pay literally? And how can we gonna extrapolate the laws of a person who attacks another person from the laws of an animal who attacks an animal? Maybe those two things aren't able to be learned out and extrapolated one from the other. El Amar Ravashi, Saravashi, in light of this pus- in light of this question, brings a new pasuk. Mitachas Asha'ina Yolifle. So there we derive it. It's not Tachas Tachas from Shur, rather it's Tachas from the Parsha of Onus Mefata when a man forces himself on a lady. There it says that you pay your money, Mitachas Asha'ina. And as, as recompense, as retribution for that which he forced himself upon her. So there, it's a derivation of men attacking another man, and damages from damages. And there we see that the payment is monetary. So now I have a few questions here. Question number one is that before we brought a Gemara of Makemaka, and the Gemara had a question. Why are we deriving Adam from Adam? Maybe we should derive Adam from Behima. Adam, why are you driving Adam from Behima? It's Nezikin. Nezikin is better than Misa. Right? The Gemara ended up saying that that was the reason why we needed to bring the second Pasuk of Kaifer. Right? That was the Gemara we started off with on Pegimel Amad Beis. Why don't we bring this Pasuk of Tachas Hashanina on over there? We have a Pasuk of Adam and Adam. And that's also a Parsha of Nezikin. That would be a very good proof to show you that the nezek of an Adam to an Adam is monetary. It's a question mark. That's a good question. 
my assumption is, is that the parsha of Onesimafata, of a man forcing himself on a woman, which is Tanakh Sasha'ina, let's talk about Knossos. And according to our explanation of Makamaka, so there we see that's talking about Mamun, it's not talking about Knossos, and actually Kofer was a proof to say that it was a Knas as opposed to Mamun. And therefore, if we're looking for a proof that you pay money and you're not getting a physical punishment, so there, it could be that a knas is not a fair proof. That's something I'm thinking about now. I didn't think enough about it to say I'm set on that answer, but right now that's what strikes me to be the truth. Now, that's issue number one in Rav Ashi. Issue number two is that Rav Ashi has a Gzera Shava. If Rav Ashi has a Gzera Shava, so then, you know, we have we just gone through almost a whole Amud of different derivations of how do we know that Ayin Tachas Ayin means money and not literal. A Gzera Shav is not something someone can make up. It's a tradition, it's a Masora. So if it's not something that someone can make up, it's a tradition, it's a Masora, then how can anyone disagree with Ravashi? Ravashi is actually quite straightforward. So this question the Rishonim are already bothered by, I brought you here in the Mukha Yosef. The Mukha Yosef says as follows, if Ashi derives a moment, Midichsi v'tachas tachas. Gzera Shava v'tachas tachas. V'yesh mina tima. This is astonishing. Why? Did Kulit Naila Yalfi Mahu Kro? How come all the other different opinions weren't deriving from this Pasuk? V'yinadam dan Gzera Shava ele imkin kibla. A person can't make up his own Gzera Shava. He has to have it as a tradition. Rabbi Yushalmi Omru, in the Talmud Yushalmi it says, Kol milsa dele michuru meisinen measrinen Skin, right? Anything which you don't have as a proof, we can't bring it from other places. So now, in order to explain this question, he brings Vishim the Mafashim. We'll see soon it's the Ra'ah. This is what it means to say. This is explaining in the Yushalmi. Anything that we know, that it's really the truth. We don't have any doubt. Everyone knows Ayn Tachas Ayn means Mamun. Obviously, no one ever thought that it meant the physical pain. But we don't have a clarity from an allusion to it from the Pasuk itself. So, then a person can go ahead and make his own derivation to bring a proof, an allusion to this halacha. Even though a person can't make his own derivation of Gzera Shava unless he had a tradition for the Gamri. That means to make a complete derivation. Yeah? On his own volition. Meaning to say, an eye for an eye, a short tach a short, you pay an ox for an ox. But if we already know there was a tradition of Tachas Tachas, but we don't know where in the Chumash which Tachas it's referring to. Right, we have different options. We know that we derive Ayn Tachas Ayn, that Tachas, somewhere in the Chumash, they'll tell us the Din. Then right? Then we're able to extrapolate to other places. So we see a precedent here that there's a tradition, the concept of Gezer Shava is that we know that there were certain psukim which are given down what to teach from one to the other. We don't know which is which. Therefore, we have the right to go ahead and use our seichel, our logic, to dictate which one to drive to the other. So therefore, Rav Ashi came along. He didn't have, for sure, this Gezer Shava meaning as such. 
But he used his logic to tell us that this tachas tachas will actually teach me that nizke odom to nizke odom is a mamum. Now Tosis here asks, in Divina Maschor of Ashi, that what happened to all the other Marayim? I'm saying that at the end of the day, what did they do with this Gzair of Tachas Tachas? So there they brought a Gemara earlier on, the Gemara is in Dafhei, in Bavakama, we learned this together. There there's a Gzair to learn that there's a concept called Meitav. Meitav means that when you pay Tashlume Nezek, when you payment, the payment you pay for any damages you do to someone else, has to be Meitav Sadeyu, it has to be from the best of your property. Meaning to say, if you're paying in money, you can't pay in quarters. You have to take out the $100 bills. If you're paying with fields, you can't give your swampland. You have to give your nicest field that you have. That's a concept of metav. There's a gzera shovel of tachas tachas. And therefore, if we already have a, a place, an expression, a gzera shovel tachas tachas, that we can utilize to teach me halacha, then those other marayim wouldn't take ayin tachas ayin out of its literal meaning, its literal translation, to tell you it means mamum. They would go ahead and they prefer to use these other derivations which they bring. But Rav Ashi thought that this was a legitimate proof. So that's Rav Ashi's stance in his derivation. At the end of the day, it's Gzera Shava. The Gzera Shava wasn't Gzera Shava telling me which specific psukim. We knew that there was two words. And Rav Ashi, through his own logic, dictated which words were being alluded to and therefore was able to derive that Ayin Tachas Ayin Tachas of Ayin Tachas Ayin means Mamun from the Pasuk of Tachas Hashaina from the case of a man forcing himself on a woman. So that's Rav Ashi's derivation. So now our last one up is Rabbi Eliezer. Let's see Rabbi Eliezer because Rabbi Eliezer is very, very hard. It says Rabbi Eliezer, Tanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Imran, Ayin Tachas Ayin Mamash. Rabbi Eliezer comes along. You guys are trying to learn out this whole time Ayin tachas ayin means mamun. I'll tell you, no. It's actually not true. Ayin tachas ayin is mamish. It's literal. Pop the guy's eye out. Yes, the gemoro. Mamish selkadaitach. You think it's literal? How could it be, Rebbe Yezer? Rebbe disagrees with everyone else who spoke so far. No, obviously, Rebbe Lezer agrees. You pay money. So why did he say mamish? He said mamish to tell you. You don't evaluate him like an evid. You evaluate him like... He doesn't say. I assume like a person. He doesn't say, though. Mamish means you don't evaluate him like an Evid. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says, Elakeman. So if you don't evaluate him like an Evid, who do you evaluate him like? Keben Chirin? You're going to evaluate him like a free person? Ben Chirin, me, dummy. There's no inherent value to a person. A person's priceless. Obviously, it's not true. So how could it be that Mamish means you don't evaluate him like a slave? You evaluate him like a free person, a free person's priceless, so there's no way to evaluate it. So obviously that can't be what a Rebbe Lezer means. Elamar Ravashi, so Ravashi responded, what a Rebbe Lezer mean? He's coming to teach you that you don't evaluate the value of the eye based off the nizik, rather you evaluate the value of the eye based off the mazik. Now Rebbe Lezer is a Torah Tzurah, it's very difficult. Number one, Rebbe Lezer comes along and says, Ayin Tachas Ayin Mamash. Yes, the Gemara, what? Mamish al-Kadaitach? Really? Rebelezer can think that it's literal? My answer would be yes, obviously. Why not? Why can't Rebelezer think it's literal? Ayin takas ayin, Mamish. Read the Pasuk. What do you think it means? So what are you going to tell me? No, no, it can't be. Why not? Because we brought, we have a Mishnah. You have to pay five things. And we have to stay in Yehuda and Rebbe Shemim Yochai and what? Tanayim. Rebelezer was a Tana. Rebelezer is a Tana. 
So why can't Reb Liezer disagree with the Mishnah? Why can't Reb Liezer disagree with other Tanayim? He'll disagree with Reb Destoy Ben Yehuda, disagree with Shemba Yochayin. Obviously, he can disagree with Hamarayim, but Hamarayim won't lie when Reb Liezer said a statement. So Reb Liezer disagrees, correct. Ayn Tachas Ayn is literal. Literal. What's your question, Gemara? How can the Gemara ask a question? Mamish Salkadaintach. Yes, Mamish. Mamish, period. Done. Ayn Tachas Ayn meet Papirayav. Why can't Reb Liezer hold that? The fact that the Gemara asked this question is a massive proof, a massive proof to everything we're saying up until now. The Devada, based off the Rambam we saw in Chivil Amazek Perechei Halachavav, that everyone knows that Ayin Tachas Ayin always meant Mamun, always. It was part of Halacha Meshmi Sinai. We have a testimony, aid me pay aid, witness from witness from the times of the based in the Moshe Rabbeinu, that no one ever, Chas Veshalom, got corporal punishment for attacking someone else. It was always monetary payment, always. That was never our doubt. A whole discussion is nor, is only, only. What's our source? How can we find an allusion to that in the Chumash? Oh, you want to find an allusion? I'll find an allusion. There. We'll find an allusion. So if we're finding an allusion, everyone agrees to the halacha, comes along Rebbe Yezer and says, Ayin takas, ayin mamish. So now we have to ask Rebbe Yezer. Obviously, you know, you, you can't mean literal. You can't mean literal. We know that. Everyone knows that. There was no such concept as literal. Aye, it's not literal. So if it's not literal, so then what's Rebbe Leizer saying by Mamish? That's a beautiful Gemara. That the Gemara can ask. But to say that Rebbe Leizer is unable to say on his own volition that Ayin Tachasayin would be literal, that would be wrong. He's a Tana. A Tana can disagree with another Tana. So this is the biggest proof. The fact that the Gemara asks on Shittas Rebbe Leizer that Mamish can't mean literal is the biggest proof that everyone not looking for a source here. We don't have a doubt in what the Halacha is. The Gemara is going in with an assumption that obviously it means money, and even though obviously it means money, nonetheless, we're looking to source it. Now you can ask Rebbe Leizer the way he, he said over, he spoke out his halacha. Now, another question that comes up is, Rabbah, Rabbah says, Shaman Asilka Eved. Abai means to say that, Rabbah, you're saying we don't approve him, appraise him like an Eved. That means you're praising him like a free person. So it comes along, Abai and says, it can't be. We saw, we saw Birka Shmuel a few weeks ago. That said, the Svara, that assumed the Svara is a Dava Pashat. Obviously, a person, you've been assuming the Svara since day one, right? A person's priceless. Obviously, he doesn't have any monetary value. Since day one, since he saw the Mishnah, obviously, that was Rashi. There's no value you can give for a person. There's a monetary representation. So, Rava, what's Rava's Havamina? There's two ways to say this. Either Rava, the whole Birka Shmuel was only after Abaye. That Rava lived in a Havamina, that a ben Chur and there is a way to compensate someone for money, for damages. And that Abai said there's no concept of compensation. There, there's no way to compensate. And therefore, we only come up with a representation. And the representation is that of a ben I mean, saying, uh, I'm sorry, of an Evid Kanaini, of an Evid, that'd be one way to go. The other way is that maybe Rava thought that even though there's no concept of compensation, there is a concept of representation, creating a monetary representative even by Ben Churin, which is divorced from the value of a slave. How would they assess that? I'm not sure. And to that, Abai responds, no, it's not true. Really? The only way to even create a legitimate monetary representative is through that of the price of 
an Evid, an Evid. Fine. That's the other piece of Rav Ashi. Rav Yezer, I'm sorry. Now, the last two things in Rav Yezer are very hard. Number one, we're here talking up until now that the Nizik is a victim and he's getting money for the pain he went through, for the the loss of a limb, the loss of the use of a limb. Tashlumi Nezik comes along, Eliezer, and says, you know, we're, we're evaluating how much he should get for his eye. It goes after the mazik. There's a victim here. The victim lost his eye. Why in the world are we paying the value of the attacker's eye? What? The victim was the one who was hurt. So if you're paying someone for the loss of a limb, pay him for the loss of his limb. Aye, right, we don't have a way to praise it. Fine, agreed, difficulties, you got around it. But at the end of the day, you're giving money for the limb that he lost. Why would we appraise the value of the attacker's limb? Wild. Not much wild. What's the logic here? There's a logic to such a step? Why would Ebeliezer say such a thing? That's number one. Number two. Ebeliezer says... Mamish? Why Mamish? It's a kfia mazik. Ayin tachas ayin kfia mazik. What do you mean ayin tachas ayin mamish? Is that true? What? 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 Ravashi. Ravashi is learning pshat in the pasuk. Ayin tachas ayin means you pay kfia mazik. So say that. Ayin tachas ayin kfia mazik. Whatever the svara is, we didn't explain the svara yet, but why are you saying ayin tachas ayin mamish then if that's what you're, the message you're trying to convey? Eliezer has a big chiddush, right? You pay the value of the attacker's eye, not the victim's eye. So say, say that. Eliezer, please just say that. We don't understand what your logic is when you said that, but say that. It's not so hard. Tanya Eliezer, Why did Eliezer express that as Tanya Eliezer, So I think this is Gishmak. I think this is so Gishmak. What's Ayin Ayin mean, literally? Let's say we're going to take it literally. Hammurabi code style, yeah? Ayin, the ayin of the victim, the eye of the victim. Tachas, I'm sorry, the eye, the eye of the mazik, the eye of the attacker. Tachas, as retribution. Ayin, the eye of the victim. Meaning to say, literal, ayin tachas ayin means that we take the eye of the attacker as retribution for the eye of the victim. So comes along Rebbe Yezer and says, ayin tachas ayin mamish. Read the pasuk literally. Ayin tachas ayin mamish. Don't start telling me svaras how to appraise the the loss, the value of the hand of the of the victim. That for sure not. Ayin tachas ayin mamish means tell me the value of the mazik. Read the pasuk literally. The eye of the attacker as retribution for the eye of the victim. So mamish, read it like the pasuk. And what's if you read it like the pasuk? What are you saying? What's it teaching me? It means that the ayin that you're paying for is of the mazik. So the two things work in tandem. Why did Rav Ashi have the ability to say that Ayin Tachas Ayin Mamish means Kfiyah Mazik? Because Rav Leezer said Mamish. What's Mamish mean? Read the Pasuk. What's the Pasuk saying? The eye of the attacker as retribution for the eye of the victim. So that's super gishmak. Now, like this. How come no one said it up until now? How come no one said it up until now? So at the end of the day, the answer is going to be because we want the victim, even if it's not compensation, it's still a payment, it's a retribution, which is going to the victim for what he, agreed, uh, what he, went, he went through. So in a certain, there's a logic to do, says that in a certain way, the most logical thing for the victim to get, once he's getting money, money 
is the money of his hand, based off his hand that he lost. That being said, Rebbe comes along and says, no, no. The Pasuk says, ayin takas ayin, the ayin of the attacker, for the ayin of the victim. So then fine. As they're all in the Pasuk. So at the end of the day, you're still getting it. But it goes based off the mazik, like the Pasuk says. Now, that's number one. Number two, is this only makes sense if we're discussing the world, not of compensation. It has to be a knas, it has to be a punishment, the form of this payment. But if we're going to go ahead and say that this is compensation, there's no way in the world you could ever learn compensation within the framework of Rebbe Liezer. It can't be. It's not happening. Why? Because Rebbe Liezer says that the valuation, the estimation is going off the mazik and not the nizik. Compensation only makes sense if it's off the victim. That being said, how does it work with Rashi? We said Rashi up until now is not knas, like the Rambam. Rather, you're giving back a monetary representative of the eye that you lost. You're returning the guy's eye. Comes along Rashi and says by us as follows. Right? Again, let me reiterate just to make sure that question is clear. According to Arya's principle in Rashi, that Rashi learns that the payment of Nezek is a monetary representative of the limb that was taken, and essentially you're returning the eye, you're returning the hand, right? And that's the Hefsido Mamanzeh, you lost that value, that monetary representative through the loss of the hand. Therefore, right, and the best monetary representative is that of the estimation, the value of the loss of an Eved Ivri, because he's a Jew. So there, how does that apply on, when it comes to evaluating, assessing the value of the loss of the eye based off the eye of the mazik, really that should also be of the nizik. You're not returning his eye. You're returning a mazik's eye. Says Rashi, the eye of the mazik, we assess how much is it valued to sell right now, and how much is he worth without an eye. And that's what it means, mamish. We appraise the value of the eye of the mazik as retribution for the eye of the nizik. So first of all, what we said is clear, explicit in Rashi. That was the Chiddush of Rav Ashi. The Rav Ashi is Rav Liezer, is that read the Pasuk literally. Secondly, there's a Svara here. The Svara is that Avada, the Pasuk says, Ayin tachas ayin. So we're not giving you back your eye which you lost. That being said, the Torah doesn't say to do that. The Torah says, take the eye of the attacker as retribution for the eye of the victim. Gvaldik. Now that that was said... So now, how do we give the eye of the attacker? Hello, we're paying money. The answer is, no. Give the monetary representation of the eye of the attacker to the nizik. That's how you get an ayin tachas ayin. So even though it's different, it's not returning the guy's eye in the world of Rebbe Yezer. It's giving that eye of the attacker as retribution. The lumdis still applies. It's still the same lumdis. It's taking the monetary representative of the eye of the attacker and giving it to the victim as a recompense for that which he did to him. So that would be our last derivation of how do we know Ayin Tachas Ayin is Mamun. And Mirat Hashem next week, we're going to get to Hamu Chamro. Hamu Chamro is very, very difficult Gemara. And Mirat Hashem, we're going to try to clarify it as best as we can um, before we start the next big sugya of how Torah the Allah. There we get into the whole question of how do we go ahead and ascertain the value of any damages which happen nowadays that we don't have smuchin, we don't have smicha, we don't have people who were anointed to become rabbinical authorities in a Sanhedrin. All right, so besides, Shmaya will pick up next week.